It's Casey on the radio, the health and happiness show brought to you by Hudson Valley Hospital Center, a better place to get better. Hi, it's Casey. Welcome to the Health and Happiness Show. I hope you take a minute to like us on Facebook and follow Casey on the radio on Twitter. We need more than once a week to keep in touch. And on that note, save the date for Sunday, February 15th. I'm hosting a day for women at MySpace, Shine on Reiki on Route 9 in Cold Spring. It's a day to fall in love with your life. Enjoy some heart-opening yoga exercises, guided meditations, and we'll create a valentine that you will send to yourself. And then we may dance in the aisles. That's Sunday, February 15th, a day for women from 11 to 3 in Cold Spring. Find details at CaseyOnTheRadio.com or on Facebook. Okay, have you heard of the DASH diet? It's ranked number one best overall diet five years in a row. According to U.S. News & World Report, the DASH diet, it can lower your blood pressure and get rid of spider veins, too. Win the DASH diet book and get all the information on the way. These cold winter weekends, maybe you need a trip to the library and a chance to hunker down with a nice Jane Austen novel. Pride and Prejudice, Persuasion, Sense and Sensibility, Emma, Mansfield Park, or Northanger Abbey. Siri James has written a novel that stars Jane Austen. What if we knew of when Jane fell in love. That's what Siri's book explores, and Siri believes that reading Jane Austen gives us all plenty of good life lessons. I have loved Jane Austen for a long time. She has a lot of fans out there, and it's fascinating to learn about Jane the woman who wrote these wonderful books. And a lot of us have always wondered, how could someone who never married, we know that she died young and never married, and she wrote six fabulous books about love and courtship. And we, we wonder, did she ever fall in love herself? I was reading her letters, her preserved correspondence, and she mentioned several times a young man named Edward Taylor as someone who she said, upon whom I once fondly doted. And she mentioned him with such incredible affection. I knew here was someone that history didn't know about, and the biographers had only mentioned very briefly, and they didn't know anything about him. So I did a lot of research into this young man. I found out wonderful things about him that the world's never known, and I brought him and a young Jane Austen to life in my novel to show their romance, the first young man she ever fell in love with, and really how it affected her, her life, and the novels that she wrote. We are talking to Siri James. The book is Jane Austen's First Love. Repeat that quote again that she said about this man that she was fond of. Oh, well, she was passing by his home, which was Bifrons in the countryside in Kent. She mentioned the home and she mentioned him as the young man upon whom I once fondly doted. Upon whom I once fondly doted. I just love and that. Isn't that great? She mentioned him again in another letter as having beautiful, dark eyes. And it was very clear that this was someone who she was once in love with as a young woman. And he is such a remarkable young man. When I found information about him um, and discovered he was fluent in many languages, he grew up traveling across the continent with his family, and he was extremely well-read, uh, educated, and a fascinating person from a fascinating family. So when she met him, he must have been remarkably different from any young man she had ever met. No wonder she fell in love with him. So your book is pretty much historical fiction. 
it's historical fiction because I um, imagined what the summer was like when they first met and how they fell in love. And yet every single person in my novel is real. Jane is, you know, based on the Jane that she was at the time when she was 15 years old. She was a vibrant young woman full of life and very smart and just on the verge of writing great things. And um, she travels to Kent for the summer where she attends a month of festivities in honor of her older brother Edward's engagement. And it's just so much fun and so many um, wonderful things happened to her and Edward. And I had a great time researching every single person in the book and bringing them all to life. So it's historical fiction, but it's in Inspired by fact and based on real people. All right, we're talking to Siri James. Jane Austen's first love is her new book. And you say if you study the works of Jane Austen, you can find some tips for living, seven in fact, and one is listen to your inner guide. How did That's you pick right. that up? Well, when you read her books, you are you come away with such a feeling that you have been you have been in, in touch with a wise mind, as someone who gives you tips on how to be a better person and live a better life. They're in her books, they're in her life, if you study her life, and listen to your inner guide is something that comes across in several of her books, but, and in her quotations, she has some very famous quotes, one of them saying that we all have a better guide within ourselves if we would listen to it than any other guide can be. In her book Mansfield Park, her heroine Fanny Price, she is coerced over and over by everybody in the novel to marry this young man named Henry Crawford and she stands her ground she refuses because she knows they aren't right for each other and in the end she gets her happy ending and really we all should be doing that no matter how many people try to persuade us to do something right. or how many people we ask for advice I think we like Jane said, have a better guide within, within ourselves. ourselves. Absolutely. We just have to listen to it. Also, discover your gifts and do what you love. When, when what book did Jane Austen say that or give us that idea? I think it's in all of her stories, but it was her life that inspired me to mention that hint. You know, she lived at a time when very few women were authors. And, and most books were these outrageous gothic stories with young maidens who were kidnapped and held prisoner in gloomy castles, and there were violent events. And she said, you know, I don't want to write a book like that. I, she did as a young woman. She wrote sensational stories, and she grew out of that. And she decided to write about real people in realistic situations, three or four families, she famously said, living in a small village. And and she was the mother of the romance novel that we know of today and, and one of the first people to write a book about real people who we recognize yes. going through life situations that we recognize. And those are, you know, the kind of books that we love. And she really changed literary history, didn't she? Yes, indeed he do. So she had the guts to write one of those kind of books, and she didn't know a single person in the publishing world, and she became one of the most famous authors of all time. We're talking about Jane Austen with Siri James, who is, whose latest book is called Jane Austen's First Love. Also, we can, we can gather this tip from the life of Jane Austen, never give up. Never give up. Hey, what is it that you have always wanted to do? 
or something you've been working hard at but you just haven't achieved it yet, think about Jane Austen, her first manuscript, which became Pride and Prejudice years later. It was returned and rejected by a publisher who didn't even open the envelope. Ooh, how rude. So she wrote two more novels. And it was many years later before she sold one of them, and she paid for the publishing herself of the book Sense and Sensibility. And the first book she sold, she sold for 10 pounds. It was what became Northanger Abbey. It lay on his shelf for years right. and never got published. She just never, never gave up. So that's what we need to remember. Right. We hear that story all the time in the music world of songs that sat on a cassette recorder in someone's desk drawer for decades before an artist said, oh, yeah, I'll record that one. It's true. And sometimes we have so little faith in ourselves, we say, well, if someone didn't want it immediately, they're never going to want it. But you know what? You just have to wait for the right moment. All right. And give people a second chance. Well, we know Pride and Prejudice talks about all about the unreliability of first impressions. That's true. It's such a famous story. It has been endlessly copied. Think about how many stories you've heard about, you know, boy meets girl and they hate each other in the beginning. And then over the course of the story, they fall in love. Well, she was the first one to do it. And she did it in quite a few of her books. In her novel, Northanger Abbey, the heroine is just naively deluded the entire time. She's looking for crimes that don't exist and has faith in people who are untrustworthy and she learns, you know, a very important lesson. Don't assess a situation and think you have it figured out right away. Don't judge a person by their looks or their words, but by their actions and by their deeds. What they do tells us a lot about their character. Right, but in this day and age, we just see something and then tweet our very strong opinion about it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, tip number five from Jane Austen. If we were to, you know, make a tip book from Jane, Austin. Marry a partner you love and esteem. Yeah, now doesn't that seem like a no-brainer? Yes. But you know, back in Jane's day, if you didn't marry, if you were a woman, you would be, you know, a spinster and most likely very poor. The only way to really have a life, home, financial security, and of course a family was to marry. And so women did it all the time. They, They married someone they didn't even like because they could have a nice home. And that was something that Jane Austen thought was the worst thing you could possibly do. And she had many, many times that she had quotes about it in her novels. But even in her own life, she famously declined an offer of marriage from a very dear family friend whose name was Harris Bigwither. And he was wealthy and she was best friends with his sisters. He was going to inherit a fabulous home and she and her family would have been set for life. She accepted him and thought about it overnight, and the next morning she changed her mind and took it back, and thank goodness she did, because if she hadn't turned him down, we wouldn't have her novels. Why? Do you think she would have given up writing, or had to have given up writing? I don't think women had time to write when they were raising families. I think that is what changed literary history, is that she was able to devote herself 100% to her writing. Right. Again, Jane Austen's First Love is the new book by Siri James. We're just going down a list of uh, insightful, let's say, ideas <laughs> of, of things Jane Austen taught us, like laugh at yourself and view the world with good humor. That's true. There is humor in every one of her books, and they translate so well to film. I think that's one of the reasons, one of the many reasons. She's always was saying, find a way to laugh at yourself. And not only do you find this humor and irony in her novels where she has so many funny characters, like Mr. Collins, who makes me laugh every time I think of him, and every actor who's ever brought that character to life just makes you laugh. Right. But she 
also in her in her letters she was so witty she said things like in a letter to her sister pray remember me to everybody who does not inquire after me <laughs> and i will m- marry mr papillon whatever may be his reluctance or my own and she was always making these funny jokes and at one point i remember a letter where she said to her sister cassandra that she was the greatest wit of the age and that her letter had made her laugh and i so wish we had cassandra's letters to read right you know jane reminds us life may sometimes be hard it might be boring or painful but don't focus on the bad look for the bright side remember to laugh so much fun indeed let jane austen warm your heart this winter and find more about siri's book jane austen's first love at sirijames.com next win the dash diet book to be your healthiest in 2015 it's casey on the radio the health and happiness show friend it on facebook and follow it on twitter casey on the radio fun and inspiration I was brought to the emergency room on a Saturday afternoon after suffering from a headache for about three days. Debbie Aglietti was nervous, but she didn't want to alarm anyone. She had her husband drop her off at the Hudson Valley Hospital Center No Wait ER on the way to taking their sons to a basketball game. Before my husband even came back, I had been seen by two nurses, a doctor, was totally pain-free, and was waiting for the neurology consult. This No Wait ER is no joke. I did not even sit down in the waiting room. Debbie's diagnosis? A viral condition. She spent three nights at Hudson Valley Hospital Center. I can just go on and on about this hospital. The way that they care for their patients, the way that they care for each other, it's just a better place to get better. Hudson Valley Hospital Center practices a different kind of medicine. They call it patientology. For more information, visit hvhc.org or call 1-800-482-4842. Hello, this is Pamela Cuccinell offering you the astrology forecast for the week. Make a personal commitment to realize at least one specific accomplishment this weekend, and the benefits are great. Don't be afraid to shoot higher than you can perceive. There is good fortune potential. Make connections, either financial, romantic, or perhaps contact a sibling or neighbor. On Sunday, laser focus leads to terrific success. Set a bar and aim for it. Make it a bit higher than originally intended because the tools for achievement should be within your grasp. A Mars-Neptune picture on Monday encourages the creative spark. Ice skate, dance, or make music. Tuesday's Aquarius New Moon jogs a fresh orientation or may present a unique slant on an old situation. Embark on an innovative project. This new moon has lots of fire behind it to bring in the impulse for daring new beginnings. On Wednesday, Mercury begins its few-week retrograde journey. Back up all communications, digital images, or ideas. This is a good time to go over writing, edit, and do any RE activities. Remember, recover, reserve. Go as far as you like with a dream on Thursday. You just might find the right partner for your dance. Visit my website to find out how astrology can chart your course. You can also obtain access to a more in-depth daily forecast at insightoasis.com. This is Pamela Cuccinell. May the stars light your path and have a stellar week. 
Hi, it's Casey reminding you to save the date Sunday, February 15th from 11 till 3 at Shine on Reiki in Cold Spring. It's right on Route 9. It's a day for women. And the theme is fall in love with your life. Get details at CaseyOnTheRadio.com or on Facebook. Now, how are those resolutions going? If you want to get healthy, this is the book. The DASH Diet, U.S. News & World Report, ranks at number one best overall diet for five years in a row. Nutritionist and author Marla Heller. Can you give us the news? Absolutely, because we want to spread the word because the DASH diet is such an important plan. And you know, it was just rated the um, best diet, again, by U.S. News & World Report for the fifth year in a row. Marla, why do you call it the DASH diet? The DASH diet stands for Dietary Approaches to Stop Hypertension. And the researchers who originally came up with the concept wanted to develop a plan that would help people naturally lower their blood pressure without medication. And that it did in only 14 days. And this has become really the gold standard in terms of heart-healthy diet and what people are supposed to do if they're newly diagnosed with high blood pressure. But beyond that, the researchers also wanted to develop what they would consider to be the healthiest American diet. That's why U.S. News & World Report has rated it as a top diet. So DASH is powerful for your health, and it's powerful for a weight loss plan as well. All right, so you say the DASH diet can lower your blood pressure in 14 days. Does that mean that high blood pressure is primarily a result of bad diet and being overweight? Well, it can be a combination of genetics and um, how we take care of our body. But it, it is exciting that something that as simple as making a change in what you eat, adding more of the plant-based foods, especially the fruits and vegetables along with the nuts, and then adding on to that the low-fat dairy, um, mostly lean meats, fish and poultry, heart-healthy fats, um, whole grains, and so forth, that you can impact your blood pressure with something as simple as changing what you eat. And this is something that the DASH diet has been researched over and over and over again, and we know how powerful it is for the blood pressure benefits. So we have to include potassium-rich food, magnesium-rich food, calcium-rich food. Can you give me examples of each? Well, the potassium-rich foods can include um, everything from a lot of the fruits and vegetables, dairy, um, even meats and fish are rich in potassium. And then for magnesium, um, a lot of the whole grains are your great sources of magnesium. And then um, the calcium, of course, we all know about dairy, as well as a lot of um, the vegetables in the cabbage family, like kale and cabbage and broccoli and so forth, are all great sources of calcium. Okay. But I will say one of the things that once people get the idea for eating the healthy foods, I don't want them to be counting fat grams or grams of calcium or whatever. I want them to really enjoy the food because if a plan is enjoyable, you're going to want to continue it. And we don't want people to just be on a healthy eating plan for a few weeks and then figure that they can't do that for the long run. It should be fun. It should be pleasurable. It should be delicious food. And that's what you should be able to focus on once you get down the basic ideas. So we don't have to run around with calculators and magnifying glasses to figure out what's in the label of foods. We just want to eat pleasurable, great, healthy food. Right. It's a, it's a lifestyle change. You'll be shopping in a different area of the grocery store. It's truly a lifestyle change. Marla Heller is Absolutely. our guest. The da Marla Heller is our guest. The DASH Diet Action Plan. 
proven to lower blood pressure and cholesterol without medication, ranked number one best diet overall by U.S. News and World Report. And it's a great read. I have to share with you what I found on page 135. We should limit our salt, of course, so you're going to help us shake the salt habit. The ancient Romans paid their soldiers in salt. The Latin word for salt is the root of the English word salary. That's fascinating. Absolutely, and it has been an important nutrient throughout um, history. For one thing, people, that's how they preserved foods. I mean, when they didn't have refrigerators to um, keep food in, they would put things in salt in order to preserve the meats and so forth and even a lot of vegetables. Especially the further north that you went in Europe, you got um, a lot more food preservation through salt. But right now, most people are being um, too aggressive with adding extra salt. And one of the things I actually um, want to differentiate between sodium that's added to food in the form of salt and sodium that's naturally occurring. So, for example, milk has sodium in it, but it's not added sodium. And actually, we know that the dairy foods were critical to making the DASH diet work for lowering blood pressure. So you don't want to give up all sources of sodium. You only want to reduce the added sodium. And it's so easy to use herbs and spices to give great flavor to foods along with just choosing uh, fresher foods that are going to taste better. You don't have to add so much salt in order to get great flavor. And that's one thing actually in our book, the um, Everyday Dash Diet Cookbook, it is low in added salt, but it's really high flavor foods. I have a small addiction, Marla. I I enjoy the salt. Well, I will also tell you that when you get the high potassium foods, those fruits and vegetables, they help you with naturally excreting excess sodium. So that kind of gives you a little bit of a built-in buffer. Oh, really? High potassium foods? I'm I'm not trying to encourage you to go overboard, but it it is a little bit protective for extra sodium. All right. The Dash Diet Younger You book is in my left hand now. And this says, shed 20 years and pounds in just 10 weeks. How do you shed years on a diet? Well, a lot of the um, health consequences of how we eat are actually aging us faster than we should. For example, we know blood pressure, um, high blood pressure is aging. High cholesterol is aging. They both cut down on your body's ability to transmit oxygen to your tissues and keep rejuvenating your body. High blood sugar is aging. Carrying excess weight makes you look and feel years older. So we can actually care for our body from the inside out by eating more of the plant-based foods, and that is going to rejuvenate our body. It is protective. All of the colors that you see in fruits and vegetables are full of antioxidants that are very protective for um, even a lot of diseases such as um, heart disease um, because we know that oxidation is part of what causes heart disease. We know that um, oxidation initiates some kinds of cancer. Um, It can be a factor in causing early dementia. So by having these plant-based foods that are full of these powerful antioxidants, they actually do keep us younger, um, not just physically, but also mentally from the inside out. Talking to Marla Heller, tell us again what DASH stands for, D-A-S-H. Dietary Approaches to Stop Hypertension. Great. And it also works for losing weight and feeling and looking younger. Let's talk about spider veins, something I found on page 37 of the DASH Diet Younger You. 
Well, one of the things that is really, really helpful is in these plant-based foods, they have all kinds of chemicals. And yes, I do talk about it in the book, but I, I don't want people to get too fixated on the chemicals because it's more fun to eat food that tastes great. But yeah, you can even, by having healthier, um, those small blood vessels, having them be healthier through getting more oxygen and having these antioxidants and so forth, you actually... Um, can help to reduce the risk of having those spider veins. I know since I've been following the DASH diet myself, I used to have lots of those and they are virtually disappeared. So that can be um, a really simple way of solving a problem that you might think you have to go to the doctor for. All right, on page 62, it talks about juicing. And I need you to talk to my husband about this. He thinks juicing (laughs) is healthy, but not the way he does it. He's just getting a huge sugar rush, I think. Absolutely, and it's true. All we need is about four ounces of juice a day. The rest of your fruits and vegetables, you should get through eating the whole fruit and vegetables. First of all, when they're in their natural state, they're more bulky and filling, so it actually fills you up faster. But when you juice the fruit, you pulverize that fiber, and then you do get a real big sugar rush, and you're more likely to crash afterwards. I call that the sugar roller coaster, where you start to feel really, really great when you get that sugar rush into your blood vessels, but then you'll crash because your body starts pumping out insulin and it can overshoot. Then you crash and then you think, oh my gosh, I gotta hit the vending machines and get some candy so that I feel like I've got a little bit of energy again. But when you eat the real fruit, then you get that sugar coming in over a longer period of time, much more slowly, your blood sugar doesn't shoot up and you're going to feel satisfied longer. And that's part of the whole um, focus of when I put together the meal plans, both the snacks and the meals. I wanted to have foods that were bulky and filling, which are the fruits and vegetables, along with foods that quench your hunger, which are those with a little bit of protein and or the heart-healthy fats. So you want to feel satisfied naturally with these meals and snacks, and then it makes it so easy to follow. I notice that you dedicate the DASH diet, Younger You, to your husband, Richard Heller. Is he on board with all this? Oh, absolutely. He loves it. And I even have my own little vegetable garden where I can grow things. And there's nothing better than getting some fresh broccoli or fresh tomatoes out of your garden. So he's all on board with that. The New York Times bestseller, The DASH Diet Action Plan with Martha, with Marla, sorry, I'll edit that out, with Marla Heller and now The DASH Diet Younger You shed 20 years and pounds in just 10 weeks. Marla, what other resources do you have? Well, there is the website, dashdiet.org, where people can find all about the DASH diet, and they can also see lots of sample meal plans, and they can find some recipes, and they can also have links to our free online support groups for people who are trying to follow the DASH diet. You're perfect. Anything else our listeners need to know this morning? Well, it's great to have to pump up the plants in your diet to have a younger, healthier you. Pump up the plants, people. And if you'd like to win the Dash Diet book, send an email to Casey, K-A-C-E-Y, at WHUD.com. Have a great Sunday. See you next week. You've been listening to Casey on the Radio. Hear more at CaseyOnTheRadio.com. The information shared on this show is intended for general information purposes only. You can contact Casey through the website, CaseyOnTheRadio.com.